Hello, welcome back to Meditating the Word. My name is Cherie. I'm your host and fellow traveler on this journey through the Bible in a year. Whether you've been reading the Bible for years, or if this is your first time to read it, from Genesis to Revelation, I'm so glad to have you with us. We have less than 100 days left in our journey. I'm so proud of you for hanging in there. We still have a lot of people to meet and places to visit. We haven't even gotten to the New Testament yet, but we're close. So let's jump into today's passage. This is day 266. Today we're reading from one of my favorite books of the Bible, the book of Esther, chapters 1 through 5. I'm reading from the World English Bible. I've omitted the additions from the Greek Septuagint, so if you are following along in the World English Bible, you'll notice changes at the beginning of 1-1, at the end of 3-13, and at the end of 4-17 to align with the traditional Hebrew and Protestant texts. Let's get started. The Book of Esther, chapters 1-5. through five. And it came to pass after these things in the days of Ahasuerus. This Ahasuerus ruled over 127 provinces from India. In those days, when King Ahasuerus was on the throne in the city of Susa, in the third year of his reign, he made a feast for his friends, for people from the rest of the nations, for the nobles of the Persians and Medes, and for the chief of the local governors. After this, after he had shown them the wealth of his kingdom and the abundant glory of his wealth during 180 days, when the days of the wedding feast were completed, the king made a banquet lasting six days for the people of the nations who were present in the city, in the court of the king's house which was adorned with fine linen and flax on cords of fine linen and purple, fastened to golden and silver studs on pillars of white marble and stone. There were golden and silver couches on a pavement of emerald stone and of mother of pearl and of white marble, with transparent coverings variously flowered, having roses arranged around it. There were gold and silver cups, and a small cup of carbuncle set out, of the value of thirty thousand talents, with abundant and sweet wine, which the king himself drank. This banquet was not according to the appointed law, but as the king desired to have it. He charged the stewards to perform his will and that of the company. Also, Vashti, The queen made a banquet for the women in the palace where King Ahasuerus lived. Now on the seventh day, the king, being merry, told Haman, Bazan, Tharha, Baraze, Zatholtha, Abataza, and Tharaba, the seven chamberlains, servants of King Hasuerus, to bring in the queen to him, to enthrone her and crown her with a diadem, and to show her to the princes and her beauty to the nations, for she was beautiful. But Queen Vashti refused to come with the chamberlains. So the king was grieved and angered, and he said to his friends, This is what Vashti said. Therefore, 
Pronounce your legal judgment on this case. So Arcesaeus, Sarsepheus, and Malasear, the princes of the Persians and Medes, who were near the king, who sat chief in rank by the king, drew near to him and reported to him, according to the laws, what it was proper to do to Queen Vashti, because she had not done the things commanded by the king through the chamberlains. And Memukan said to the king and to the princes, Queen Vashti has not wronged the king only, but also all the king's rulers and princes, for he has told them the words of the queen and how she disobeyed the king. As she then refused to obey King Ahasuerus, so this day the other wives of the chiefs of the Persians and Medes, having heard what she said to the king, will dare in the same way to dishonor their husbands. If, then, it seems good to the king, let him make a royal decree, and let it be written according to the laws of the Medes and Persians, and let him not alter it. Don't allow the queen to come into him any more. Let the king give her royalty to a woman better than she. Let the law of the king, which he will have made, be widely proclaimed in his kingdom. Then all the women will give honor to their husbands, from the poor even to the rich. This advice pleased the king and the princes, and the king did as Memukan had said, and sent into all his kingdom through the several provinces according to their language, so that the men might be feared in their own houses. After this, the king's anger was pacified, and he no more mentioned Vashti, bearing in mind what she had said and how he had condemned her. Then the servants of the king said, Let chaste, beautiful young virgins be sought for the king. Let the king appoint local governors in all the provinces of his kingdom, and let them select beautiful, chaste young ladies and bring them to the city Susa, into the women's apartment. Let them be consigned to the king's chamberlain, the keeper of the women. Then let the then let things for purification and other needs be given to them. Let the woman who pleases the king be queen instead of Vashti. This thing pleased the king, and he did so. Now there was a Jew in the city Susa, and his name was Mordecai, the son of Jairus, the son of Shimei, the son of Kish, the, of the tribe of Benjamin. He had been brought as a prisoner from Jerusalem, whom Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, had carried into captivity. He had a foster child, daughter of Aminadab, his father's brother. Her name was Esther. When her parents died, he brought her up to womanhood as his own. This lady was beautiful, and because the king's ordinance was published, many ladies were gathered to the city of Susa, under the hand of Haggai. And Esther was brought to Haggai, the keeper of the women. The lady pleased him, and she found favor in his sight. He hurried to give her the things for purification, her portion, and the seven maidens appointed her out of the palace. He treated her and her maidens well in the women's apartment, but Esther didn't reveal her family or her kindred, 
for Mordecai had charged her not to tell. But Mordecai used to walk every day by the women's court to see what would become of Esther. Now this was the time for a virgin to go into the king when she had completed twelve months, for so are the days of purification fulfilled, six months while they are anointing themselves with oil of myrrh, and six months with spices and women's purifications. And then the lady goes in to the king. The officer that he commands to do so will will bring her to come in with him from the women's apartment to the king's chamber. She enters in the evening, and in the morning she departs to the second woman's apartment, where Haggai, the king's chamberlain, is the keeper of the women. She doesn't go in to the king again unless she is called by name. And when the time was fulfilled for Esther, the daughter of Amminadab, the brother of Mordecai's father, to go into the king, she neglected nothing which the chamberlain, the women's keeper, commanded. For Esther found grace in the sight of all who looked at her. So Esther went in to King Ahasuerus in the twelfth month, which is Adar, in the seventh year of his reign. The king loved Esther, and she found favor beyond all the other virgins. He put the queen's crown on her. The king made a banquet for all his friends and great men for seven days, and he highly celebrated the marriage of Esther, and he granted a remission of taxes to those who were under his dominion. Meanwhile, Mordecai served in the courtyard. Now Esther had not revealed her country, for so Mordecai commanded her to fear God and perform his commandments as when she was with him. Esther didn't change her manner of life. Two chamberlains of the king, the chiefs of the bodyguard, were grieved because Mordecai was promoted, and they sought to kill King Ahasuerus. And the matter was discovered by Mordecai, and he made it known to Esther, and she declared to the king the matter of the conspiracy. And the king examined the two chamberlains and hanged them. Then the king gave orders to make a note for a memorial in the royal library of the goodwill shown by Mordecai as a commendation. After this, King Ahasuerus highly honored Haman, the son of Hamadatha, the Bugean. He exalted him and set his seat above all his friends. All in the palace bowed down to him, for so the king had given orders to do. But Mordecai didn't bow down to him, and they in the king's palace said to Mordecai, Mordecai, why do you transgress the commands of the king? They questioned him daily, but he didn't listen to them. So they reported to Haman that Mordecai resisted the commands of the king, and Mordecai had shown to them that he was a Jew. When Haman understood that Mordecai didn't bow down to him, he was greatly enraged and plotted to utterly destroy all the Jews who were under the rule of Ahasuerus. In the twelfth year of the reign of Ahasuerus, Haman made a decision by casting lots by day and month to kill the race of Mordecai in one day. The lot fell on the fourteenth day of the month of Adar, 
So he spoke to King Ahasuerus, saying, There is a nation scattered among the nations in all your kingdom, and their laws differ from all the other nations. They disobey the king's laws. It is not expedient for the king to tolerate them. If it seems good to the king, let him make a decree to destroy them, and I will remit into the king's treasury ten thousand talents of silver. So the king took off his ring and gave it into the hands of Haman to seal the decrees against the Jews. The king said to Haman, Keep the silver and treat the nation as you will. So the king's recorders were called in the first month on the thirteenth day, and they wrote as Haman commanded to the captains and governors in every province, from India even to Ethiopia, to 127 provinces, and to the rulers of the nations according to their languages in the name of King Ahasuerus. The message was sent by couriers throughout the kingdom of Ahasuerus to utterly destroy the race of the Jews on the first day of the twelfth month, which is Adar, and to plunder their goods. Copies of the letters were published in every province, and an order was given to all the nations to be ready for that day. This business was hastened also in Susa. The king and Haman began to drink, but the city was confused. But Mordecai, having perceived what was done, tore his garments, put on sackcloth, and sprinkled dust upon himself. Having rushed forth through the open street of the city, he cried with a loud voice, a nation that has done no wrong is going to be destroyed. He came to the king's gate and stood, for it was not lawful for him to enter into the palace wearing sackcloth and ashes. And in every province where the letters were published, there was crying, lamentation, and great mourning on the part of the Jews. They wore sackcloth and ashes. The queen's maids and chamberlains went in and told her, and when she heard what was done, she was deeply troubled. She sent clothes to Mordecai to replace his sackcloth, but he refused. So Esther called for her chamberlain, Hafak, who waited upon her, and she sent to learn the truth from Mordecai. Mordecai showed him what was done, and the promise which Haman had made the king of ten thousand talents to be paid into the treasury, that he might destroy the Jews. And he gave him the copy of what was published in Susa concerning their destruction to show to Esther, and told him to charge her to go in and entreat the king, and to beg him for the people. Remember, he said, the days of your humble condition, how you were nursed by my hand, because Haman, who holds the next place to the king, has spoken against us to cause our death. Call upon the Lord and speak to the king concerning us to deliver us from death. So Hafak went in and told her all these words. Esther said to Hafak, Go to Mordecai and say, all the nations of the empire know that any man or woman who goes into the king, into the inner court without being called, that person must die, unless the king stretches out his golden scepter, then he shall live. 
I haven't been called to go into the king for thirty days. So Hathak reported to Mordecai all the words of Esther. Then Mordecai said to Hathak, Go and say to her, Esther, don't say to yourself that you alone will escape in the kingdom more than all the other Jews. For if you keep quiet on this occasion, help and protection will come to the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. Who knows if you have been made queen for this occasion? And Esther sent the messenger who came to her to Mordecai, saying, Go and assemble the Jews that are in Susa, and all of you fast for me. Don't eat or drink for three days, night and day. My maidens and I will also fast. Then I will go in to the king, contrary to the law, even if I must die. So Mordecai went and did all that Esther commanded him. It came to pass on the third day, when she had ceased praying, that she took off her servant's dress and put on her glorious apparel. Being splendidly dressed and having called upon God, the overseer and preserver of all things, she took her two maids and she leaned upon one as a delicate female, and the other followed bearing her train. She was blooming in the perfection of her beauty. Her face was cheerful and looked lovely, but her heart was filled with fear. Having passed through all the doors, she stood before the king. He was sitting on his royal throne. He had put on all his glorious apparel, covered all over with gold and precious stones, and was very terrifying. And having raised his face resplendent with glory, he looked with intense anger. The queen fell and changed her color as she fainted. She bowed herself upon the head of the maid who went before her. But God changed the spirit of the king to gentleness, and in intense feeling he sprang from off his throne and took her into his arms until she recovered. He comforted her with peaceful words and said to her, What is the matter, Esther? I am your relative. Cheer up. You shall not die, for our command is openly declared to you. Draw near. And having raised the golden scepter, he laid it upon her neck and embraced her. He said, Speak to me. So she said to him, I saw you, my Lord, as an angel of God, and my heart was troubled for fear of your glory. For you, my Lord, are to be wondered at, and your face is full of grace. While she was speaking, she fainted and fell. Then the king was troubled, and all his servants comforted her. The king said, What do you desire, Esther? What is your request? Ask, even to the half of my kingdom, and it shall be yours. Esther said, Today, is a special day, so if it seems good to the king, let both him and Haman come to the feast which I will prepare this day. The king said, Hurry, and bring Haman here, that we may do as Esther said. 
So they both came to the feast about which Esther had spoken. At the banquet, the king said to Esther, What is your request, Queen Esther? You shall have all that you require. She said, My request and my petition is, If I have found favor in the king's sight, let the king and Haman come again tomorrow to the feast which I shall prepare for them, and tomorrow I will do as I have done today. So Haman went out from the king, very glad and merry. But when Haman saw Mordecai, the Jew, in the court, he was greatly enraged. Having gone into his own house, he called his friends and his wife, Zeresh. He showed them his wealth and the glory which the king had invested him, and how he had promoted him to be chief ruler in the kingdom. Haman said, The queen has called no one to the feast with the king but me, and I am invited tomorrow. But these things don't please me, while I see Mordecai the Jew in the court. Then Zeresh, his wife, and his friends said to him, Let a fifty-cubit-tall gallows be made for you. In the morning you speak to the king, and let Mordecai be hanged on the gallows. But you go into the feast with the king, and be merry. The saying pleased Haman, and the gallows was prepared. Father God, Thank you for the account of Esther. It's hard to imagine the great risk she took to save her uncle and her people. As Esther did, when we face a difficult decision, Father, let us bring it to you with prayer and fasting. Through Esther, we are reminded to be faithful, Father. We are reminded that each of us was created on purpose and for a purpose. Who knows but that we were created for such a time as this. Give us the same courage as this brave woman to follow you no matter where it leads, even unto death. Amen. Well, there we have it, another chapter in our journey through the Bible. It isn't always easy to understand, but remember, it isn't a race, and each word we read is a seed planted in our hearts. Thank you for being part of this journey. Join us tomorrow and every day as we continue our journey through the pages of the Bible. This is Cherie signing off for the day. Remember, you are in my prayers. I can't wait to see you tomorrow. Until next time, be blessed and be a blessing.